G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. What does it matter, you might ask? What is shaping our children? Well, in an article that I read recently, uh, written by Graham McDonald's, there was a quote that he used from Abraham Lincoln that continues to hold a truth that echoes through the generations. The quote goes like this, The philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. Well, let's welcome Graham McDonalds. Hello, Graham. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, hi, Neil. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Graham, a great article that I read of yours, and we'll talk about some of the elements of that over this coming hour, but this has been a long passion of yours. Uh, What happens with new generations as they are introduced to what's happening in a society that's changing, it's pluralistic, it's secularised, and what happens with the development of those children. This is one of your passions, isn't it? It is. It, it, what, what's brought it about is that uh, I've been involved in working with children in schools and different uh, groups, and I, I just often look and I see sometimes the hopelessness that they, they see, that they feel, um, they feel like there's no real hope, and yet the reality of it is that you know through the Christian faith there's there's hope for everybody, and uh, so it, it's hard to me. I find it it's hard for being a kid today. It's hard being a parent, but it's also hard being a, a child today. Well, of course, uh, children in a Christian home are being exposed to certain spiritual truths and understandings that kids who are not coming from a Christian home just don't experience. And But all these kids are going through a bit of a bottleneck where they all get to go through school together. So what's being taught in the school obviously is one of the shaping mechanisms that a society has. Uh, what are your concerns for what sorts of things are being taught in the classroom at the moment? Well, well I think, I think the, in, in very simple terms, um, the, the, the teachings through the schools at the moment is secular and secular in, by its mere definition means self and so much of our teaching for our children is about um, me, me, me. It's all very, very self-centered. And, and uh, the, the reality of it is, though, we live in a society, as we've already said, like it's pluralistic and we've got other people around us. But if our teaching is all about ourself, it become, we're self-centered in, in our attitude towards our life. Then, then we become very isolated. We can get upset and angry and all sorts of things. Whereas the, the Christian teaching, we learn all the same subjects, but we look at them from a different perspective. We look at them from a perspective of learning for ourselves, but how that can actually um, be of some benefit to others. So we look, instead of looking at ourselves all the time, we look at this other-centeredness about other people. And, and I think one of, one of the perfect examples is on our website, we've got the story of, of John Cadbury. John Cadbury, when he started the, the, uh, making his chocolates way, way back, um, in that period of time, sadly, children were being paid a shilling a week for a six-day Six day, twelve hour a week working in the uh, in the mines, and Cadbury he was actually paying for children to have a decent education, but it was based on the scriptures, so that it was about thinking about others. You know, this is a long history we have uh, in Australia. Well, uh, we're actually a short history compared to the rest of the world as by way of the age of our nation. But, hmm. but all education in Australia, and I know you are passionate about Australian Christian history, but let me just uh, uh, 
just sow a little seed into here and get your thoughts because uh, all schooling in early Australia was Christian. There were schools and there was the Church of England schools. Of course, all this dating back to the First Fleet's arrival and, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the likes of Richard Johnson on board uh, the uh, the First Fleet and, uh, of course, the foundation of then Christian schooling in Australia. Uh, when Catholic schooling started, it got the, the ball rolling as well. And eventually, midway through that 18th century, there was a point where the state began to take over the school system. And as the state took over, they started what they called secular schools. Now, secular wasn't to be non-religious. As I understand it, and as I look at that history, secular meant uh, that it would still teach a foundation of Christianity, but it would be a mix of uh, what those sorts of things that would un- that that uh, both sides, uh, you know, the sort of the Protestant side, the Catholic side, uh, would both be able to uh, understand and support in the school life. So there was this secularism, secular schools, but it actually wasn't to be non-Christian. It was that secularism meant that it was going to be uh, more in, in like an ecumenical ability to be able to uh, to appreciate Christianity on those things that everybody agreed on. Well, that's so true. See, and actually, in the on, in the Australian Constitution, it's actually Section 116, and the reason that that um, was put in was that the Commonwealth, not to legislate in respect of religion, was that in that particular era, um, the, the the state religion of England was the Anglican Church, or the Church of England. Um, and in, in uh, even today, we've, uh, that's still the case. And in, in um, the, the Middle East, many countries, uh, uh, it's Muslim. That's their state religion. In Germany, uh, Lutheran is the state religion. And what the the people, our people, putting together the constitution, did not want to have a state religion. And, and you're so right, so right. But what they wanted to allow was the government to do their job and also the churches to do their their particular function, but to work together. And this was how it originally started. Um, Just after the Constitution, there was the the opportunity for all the different denominations um, to come into this country to start talking about their own particular faith without being constrained by a government um, place, put in place um, religion. And so that, to me, that's an incredibly wonderful freedom that we have in Australia, that we don't have a state religion that sort of says this is what you must be and what you must believe. Uh, but there's an erosion happening, though, isn't there, Graham? Because uh, the education system, and we might be able to point to some states and uh, inviting listeners to be part of this conversation because uh, you'll be familiar with what's happening in your state, uh, wherever you might be listening around Australia. But uh, there's this uh, this movement to somehow rather marginalise that Christian teaching in schools and make it all very much secular humanist based, but that has an effect on children, mm. and uh, and you'd be ignorant not to acknowledge that there are going to be effects if you change the way things have been taught to children in schools. I think what what's been happening is that there's been this cry about separation of church and state. Now, in in one respect, that's that's right. But it's not to the detriment of one or the other. One, it shouldn't be that the state has comp- control over the church and the church doesn't have control over the state. It's this working together. And this is why that particular section six, uh, 116 is very important in the uh, Constitution. But it's important for people to understand it so that there can be this working together. And and what sadly has happened, and one of the reasons I actually wrote the article, is that I, I've come to the point where there's just people, as soon as you mention God, Jesus, Bible, the church, or Christianity, there's, like, in their mind, there's a complete dismissiveness. It's just like, oh, that's it. You know, we don't we don't talk any further. However, research, and this is one of the reasons why I've put that research together, shows that in, in very simple terms that children that are brought up with a, a, a faith component, particularly in the, um, in the Christian field, um, that children, when they grow up, are, are more likely to get involved in 
um, volunteering, least likely to get involved in um, drugs and alcohol, all of those issues. And so my, my, my dream or my desire is that people just go, oh, okay, let, let's have a look at the facts. Let's have a look at what research shows about children who are brought up in these environments where there is a faith component, where the parent... It doesn't necessarily mean they've got to be all churchgoers, but it means that they look at the the world from the Christian perspective, which is, as I say, not self-centered, but more about looking out how can we help others, how can we how can we serve our society. Interestingly, sometimes you can think, Graham, about uh, you know a lone voice crying into the wind about uh, how good religion is. Uh, but I'm interested in. Uh, your thoughts, because in your uh, article, your research article that I'm making this reference to, uh, you're uh, quoting uh, from what's known as the Theos Think Tank in the UK, and they're they're noting evidence from nearly 140 academic studies conducted over 30 years examining the relationship between religion and well-being, and they've found that overall holding a religious worldview contributes positively to a person's well-being. Yeah, and, and and I mean it, it, it's really interesting. I mean, th- and that's why I, the, the, as you know, on that report, there's we've got them from the UK. We've got a report out of the USA. We've got reports from here in Australia, and they all come to the same conclusion. All of them. Okay, well, let's talk about this uh, this religious worldview. Now, uh, does this mean religious worldview from any religion, uh, or is there uh, some way that you can separate this Christian worldview that we have as as having an effect on a person's well being? Does the does the research separate different worldviews? The the the, the re- research is basically based on religions that are come out of the the, the Bible which would be the Catholic, the Christian, and the Protestant, and the Coptic, and most of, the, most of the, those, what we would call a term as Christian religions. And so there, there is, the basis is basically the scriptures, and out of that come the teachings of Jesus, which, you know, even, even the non-believers would be happy with being, um, treat others as you treat yourself. Uh, yeah, as you look after yourself. But the same thing is that Jesus said it just slightly differently. He said, you know, love your neighbour as yourself. And you know, we, even non-believers think that's that's a great idea. But that again came comes out of the scriptures. And again, the, what we're talking about is the religion, religious worldview is a worldview based on what evidence there is in the scriptures okay so we're talking biblical worldview here Mm. contributing positively to a person's well-being now in contrast to that graham you must also acknowledge that if you don't have that biblical worldview then there may be a negative uh, to someone's well-being is that something that's been researched well, that, that's that's exactly what's happened. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll stay with the Australian um, research um, here. Uh, Dorothy Ed, she did quite a bit, bit of bit of research on about three thousand uh, young people. And in simple terms, she says that the the traditional religion tends to promote the ideal of social responsibility, thinking of others' interests, whereas the the new age movement or the anti-traditional movement pushes the idea that we can transform the world by changing ourselves and she concluded that individualism was the common thread in the shift away from traditional religion so like we were saying before is that if people are all self-centered and not concerned about those around them then we end up creating this society which has got huge huge problems and and that's been brought out too by um, a uh, again this is Australia Professor Patrick Parkinson um, was commissioned to do a uh, report in 2011 for kids sake repairing the social environment for Australian children and young people and uh, he he's goes on to show that the the uh, increase in in um, self harm alcohol abuse promiscuity uh, huge huge increases in those particular areas and loneliness anxiety 
depression. But but he he also makes the point. He says that little attention has been paid to, paid to the social environment which our children are growing up, and the dangers that deterioration of this environment presents for the future. And this gets back to a part, a big part, I believe, is through our education system. Well, I want to invite our listeners to join into our conversation today. You might have your own contribution into uh, the things that we're talking about. On our conversation today, where our special guest is Graham McDonald, and we're talking about the effects of having no religion uh, on children today. What are some of the things that are shaping children in our society? You might have your own thoughts. Uh, you might have your own uh, theories into what is shaping our children today and whether or not that will have a good effect or a bad effect in the long term. I want to invite you to be part of our conversation. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Interestingly, Graham, uh, when you talk about research and evidence... Uh, oftentimes, uh, I feel as though what's happened with evidence and research that's happening from some of our best academics in universities here in Australia and uh, even making reference to universities around the world, uh, a lot of the good research that's showing these things isn't getting an airing in the mainstream media because perhaps some, somehow or other there's a perception that people aren't interested in that sort of thing. Um, it, that's a very interesting um, perception. You're quite right. One of, one of the things that um, is, is, to me, very evident is that all this research um, does not get an airing through the um, public arenas, and I'm aware of that. But I think what is even more disturbing is that when I talk to um, people, researchers in a whole range of areas, I had a discussion with um, the um, gentleman who heads up the, the New South Wales juvenile justice system, and uh, we we're talking about research. And I made the point, I said, what, what happens is that in most research, there is never a, a, any inkling or any attempt to look at Christianity as a part of that, in that research. And, and like he, he said, well, well, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and when you talk to people, you ask pe- pe- people in, in, in the, some of the public services, you, you can talk about um, that, that they just don't even... Christianity is not even considered to be a part of the equation. And yet the, the research that was done in, in um, the US with the, um, with the jails, uh, the... the the um, Prison Fellowship, a Christian organisation, and the Minnesota Correctional Centre, a sacred organisation, they work together. And what they found that in in the period of, by introducing the things of Jesus to that particular centre, in a period of um, six years, they actually saved that centre $3 million. So it, it it's once it starts to get some sort of um, traction within organizations and people at least willing to have a look at it and, and try it then I think there's there's going to be um, hopefully there's going to be a, a greater acceptance of the fact that Christianity has has a place and has got a very positive uh, role to play we are taking calls 1-800-316-316 our talkback line open let's take a call from Audrey in Western Australia hi Audrey welcome along hi. Audrey what are your thoughts um, I've got a daughter who's 12. Yep. Hi, Audrey. It's Graham McDonald here. How are you? I'm good, thanks. That's good. Tell us about your daughter, Audrey. Um, I was raising her up to be a Christian. Yep. But then she chose to live with her dad, and unfortunately he's not a Christian. Makes it very difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It makes it very confusing for the child... Audrey, very difficult. I've come across this situation. Um, to me, if, I'm, if, you, if I may, I would offer a couple of suggestions. One is that you pray, and because I believe God answers prayer. And the other one is that I would, I would encourage you to live your life in such a way that your daughter goes, wow, that's who I want to be like. Yeah. 
but it's very a very difficult situation for you. But even though she doesn't um, have religion at school, she um, because of how I've raised how I did raise her, um, she's got she's still got a lot of those teachings within her own self. Sure, sure, and and that I think is the the critical thing, Audrey. I think if if parents or a parent does um, put into a child the things of God, I believe God honours that. And those things will not go away. And as I say, for me, um, having seen this situation many occasions, the child will never forget what you've put into them in in terms of uh, Christianity. But as I say, if you're separated from them, the reality of it is is that you you need to be more reliant on God, ask him to open up the doors. And the other thing you can do, Audrey, as I say... um, this is a bit of a, a push for what we're doing, but if you have a look at, on our website, did you know? D i d u n o, there are stories about people that um, are Christian, and what in in our history. And these these stories, I find, and we're finding, are very helpful for uh, for children, young people, and also adults because they're going oh. Here's a person, like on our $20 bill, on our $50 bill, here's a person that they can see somebody they can actually look at and actually read their story. And uh, we're finding they're the sorts of things that are helping younger people come to grips with thinking, understanding that that Jesus and Christianity is much broader than just going to church. Audrey from WA, thank you so much for your contribution today and just sharing your heartbeat with us. And uh, thanks to Graham, uh, such a sensitive response there uh, for Audrey. And uh, really the idea, Graham, sowing those seeds from when our children are very, very young, uh, right through all of those times when we have the opportunity to be an influence as a Christian parent, But there is a time and there are things that happen. Uh, Sometimes it's a broadside that takes us out and separates families and children are not always going to be under that influence of a Christian parent. But in those circumstances, Graham, just to reflect on what you were sharing, the way that we role model our faith is going to be so important for our children when they are outside of our care. So so critical. Children need role models and they need godly role models. And um, one of the things they, if they're just looking at television, they certainly won't get too many um, godly role models there. But so the family, the family unit is is critical. The other thing that too is critical, I believe, uh, Neil, is that we we need to start very young. There's been research that comes that's just come out of the UK actually, and it's a book called um, Born Born Believers, and um, th- this actually can demonstrate that children at a I mean we're talking like 18 months of old age have some sort of understanding of a transcendent being um, it, it's a fascinating read very very heavy going but it, it demonstrates what I believe is is scriptural where you know Ecclesiastes uh, 3:11 says that you know God has put eternity in our heart but we're not sure what to do about it and this is where I believe the, the parents and um, the, the role models can come in and help children to understand what God has actually already planted in, in, their, in their hearts and their minds. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Well, what does it matter? What is shaping our children? We have our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316, looking for your insights into what is shaping the environment in which our children are growing up. Graham MacDonald is our guest, a long history as a children's advocate, also the founder of the Did You Know website that's telling the stories of Australia's Christian heritage. Uh, Graham, let's take another call. Val from Mackay is on the line. Hi, Val. Welcome along. Oh, hi. Hi, Val. Um, not nice and warm up your end of the world, I trust. No, it's cold. But it's a bit warmer <laughs> right. than it is down south. Ah, uh, there you go. Um, I'm very thankful for the godly influence um, of my mum in the Sunday school and the RE um, when I was 
young, which was a long time ago. But um, I was thinking recently in the light of what's come out about the the um, the young people in jail in the Northern Territory uh, about the um, prison programs that are having a great success, uh, especially over in the USA. And I just thought, what a wonderful opportunity if somebody was willing to take on a prison ministry, if it would be allowed, uh, because, as we all know, what those kids really need is love and they need the gospel. Whether it would be allowed would be another thing. Um, I don't think there's any simple answers, but I just thought it would be a, a wonderful opportunity to bring um, bring the gospel and the love of God into that situation. Val, amazing uh, insight there because something so current uh, with the calling of that Royal Commission into uh, the Dondale Detention Centre in Darwin. And uh, Graham MacDonald, I know that you are passionate too about prison ministry and the sorts of programs that have worked internationally and uh, had great effect on young people. Uh, yes, Val, thank you for raising that, that issue. The, 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 the issue is basically that in, in um, the, the government and bureaucracies, again, there's this... Um, it's a mindset that, as I, as I said earlier in our discussion, that when you talk about God, Jesus, Bible, um, there's almost a disconnect that you, you are dismissed. And yet... The reality of it is, and this is why one of the reasons I wrote this article, was that there is so much um, evidence to show that the the Christian teachings within whatever environment do have a positive effect. And so um, the the prison fellowship, and there's other groups obviously that go into into um, into the jails, but you're right. Somehow we need to start and get a, a movement of people. Let's um, say there's a book out called um, "More, More God, Less Crime," and this actually talks about that whole uh, process that went on with the Minnesota Detention Center in the U.S. And since then, I understand that it's gone much, much larger as well. So it, it is growing slowly, but in Australia, it has not really. Um, really got any teeth at this stage, but um, yeah, you, you're right. It's someone somehow someone God needs to raise up someone who will probably um, speak to those in leadership and start and work through a process whereby the sacred and the secular can work together for the benefit of those who are in in these in these terrible prison situations. Val from Mackay, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Graham, let me draw your attention to a sweeping statement, more God, less crime. And uh, it's one of those that sometimes you assume that people will just brush aside. But the evidence is there. And it is growing and people are paying more attention to the idea of, uh, of uh, when there is more God, there is less crime. And uh, the opposite true is, is true too. Uh, less God, more crime. Well, this, this, is, this is exactly why the, um, the emphasis and the things we're talking about is about trying to at least encourage people to not just dismiss um, God, Jesus, and the Bible, or religion, or Christianity, but at least explore it. And, and um, the, the more God, less crime was written by Byron Johnson, and um, he, he's an academic and in the university in, in Baylor University in, in the states. And um, the the work that he he put in is absolutely incredible. And it's it's the the way it's done is done professionally. Um, it's it's factual. It's not trying to make Christianity look better than it is, but it actually, you know, puts down the 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 facts as they happen, the, the good stories, the not so good stories, and even some of the bad stories. But overall, that that the the response was in that uh, six year period, a, a, there was an amount of three million dollars that actually could be shown that 
to be saved. And that was with that was sort of a tangible um, amount. There were other things that could never be actually really measured, like a person who'd been in and out of jail most of their lives never went to jail again, et cetera, et cetera. Just uh, uh, only about 90 seconds away from news, but we want time to uh, take another call. Let's hear from Mary in Bundaberg in Queensland. Hi, Mary. Welcome along. Oh, yes, hello. Thank you. Hi, hi Mary. Hi. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, I didn't. I don't know your name. Uh, Graham. Name, but, uh, Graham. Graham. Hi, Graham. Yes, look, yep. mate, um, I just believe that, um, like, I had a religious upbringing and I believe it brought a bit of stability into my life. I mean, uh, I uh, fell off, fell off for several times, but uh, for me, yes, I believe religion is, um, or Christianity is, a, gives stability to children and also, you know, gives them a direction in life, you know. Uh, mm. um, yeah, I just believe that from my own upbringing and, uh, and it's definitely the way to go. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mary. And, and that's, that's true. I mean, you're right. Some of us fall off from time to time, <laughs> as you put it. That's very well put. But, you know, th- at least you've got a foundation to come back to. And this is what our children, by and large, really don't have. Graham, I'm going to need to cut you short here because we're going to news. We'll continue uh, after the news. Our conversation continues. 1-800-316-316. Thanks so much to Mary from Bundaberg. Back with more after the news. Uh, Graham, let's continue to take some calls. Let's hear from Anne in Labrador in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much. I like your program. Uh, listen, um, I used to work a long time ago, about 31 years ago, in a children's home. I used to, I worked there for seven seven years, and we had children from kind of like broken homes and stuff, and one of our bases was to make sure that they had a Christian foundation because some of them um, got fostered out and some of them um, got adopted out, you know, um, because we had social workers there. So, yeah, we had that done as well, a couple of them, yeah. So we just wanted, when they came in, to to love them, and and it it ran like an ordinary household. So we had what we called an upstairs and downstairs. The downstairs did all the washing and washing the children, you know, bathing them, and the upstairs lady did all the cleaning of the floors and did the cooking. So it was quite a... uh, I quite enjoyed it. Um, But it really just... um, it was really good, you know, to give them a foundation when they came in, yeah. yeah Graham, wonderful, wonderful, Anne. It's Graham here. Yeah, yeah that's, that's wonderful, Anne. One, one of the things that I sense is um, so um, important about the, the Christian worldview or the biblical worldview is for children to understand that they, that, that they are loved, that somebody cares for them, that there, there is a God who really does love them. And, you know, when they're brought up in an environment where um, there's no God, then that means that it's only what you see and touch now is the reality of life. And, and that's not really nice. And, and so it's, to me, it's so critical. And yeah. I, I, I sense it's a part of the answer, to be honest with you, in terms of self-harm and, and, and suicide. Yeah, a lot of them these days, that, that's what it is. It's just that they don't have a foundation, not even in the schools. Some of the yeah, schools yeah. don't have a foundation for them. So they don't bring up the foundation even if the parents don't do that. That's right, yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, I mean, I, 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 I often tell a story, you know, in kids in, like... Kids are eight eight years of age, you know, in, in some of my scripture classes, and they say, you know, nobody cares for me, nobody loves me, and I'm going, how tragic is that? But you know, there, there is a real, and that's the reality that I think we we can uh, impart to our children, and is the fact that there is a God who cares, who you know, has some has more than some sort of interest in the child. And in fact, I often use the, the scripture, it's John ten ten, where it says that Jesus come that you can have life in abundance. And I, and I explained to children that, you know, God's got a plan for your life and it's a life that he wants to make it have worth, be worthwhile, have purpose. And, you know, he, that's how interested he is in you. And, um, you know, that I think helps to sort of get kids go, well, let's start thinking about that at least. But bless you, Anne, for what you've done. That's, you know, God blesses and honours those uh, people that uh, serve him in those roles. And from Labrador in Queensland, thanks so much for your input today on 2020. one 316 to join our conversation. Let's take a call from Pam in South Australia. Hi, Pam. Welcome along. G'day. How are you going? 
Hi, Sam. It's Graham. How are you? Well, thank you. Um, I don't want to take it all back to the prison, but I just wanted to make a uh, comment about that. Um, I'm involved with an um, organisation called Kairos. Oh, yes. What, no, Kairos. Heard of that? Yes. Mm. Which goes into the prisons as well as I'm involved with Kairos Outside for Women, which support the family, the female family and now the male, who support the, the prisoners, which has been a, a amazing for me. But I had the privilege of going into the detention centre in Adelaide. Yes. And it is very difficult for the organisations to get into the prison. So there's a few different prison ministries and they're all willing, but it is the bureaucracy that is actually stopping it. Yes, I I understand. I I myself did a little bit of prison ministry many years ago. Um, And uh, that's that's one of the reasons why I'm... I actually am trying... And I, I run out of time, to be honest, but I would... I have spent some time talking to people high up, in, particularly in the um, juvenile justice system, and I actually gave them this book called More God, Less Crime because yeah. I know, I know, and you know, that if you had more access to these folk and more time with them, uh, I believe God can do wonderful things through that. The, the other thing is that, um, too... Um, I'm not sure if you're, you're aware of this, Pam, but there is a there is an organisation um, who actually provides um, correspondence courses for the children of prisoners. Okay. Um, yeah, if if um, if you what's the name of that one? Um, it's called the um, Bible. It's called they actually call themselves Bible Institute, but they do have another um, another. Um, Branch. The name here in Sydney, and I'm, I'm looking around frantically. I just don't have their details. And I've um, spoken what, to them before too, and I can't remember the name either. But uh, yeah, we might be able to right. see if we can find that, uh, and yeah, we'll and see if we can let you know. Do a bit of research. So, just it, but when people feel, I think the encouragement that when people think of people in prison or or refugees, whatever it happens to be, is just pray, just pray for God's power. Oh, to, yeah. to to have a way. You know, sometimes I think we feel like we're hopeless. We can't do it. I'm unwell. I'm not able to do it. But prayer, prayer travels across countries and around the world. And I just want to encourage people to pray and be faithful in that and believe. Believe yeah. that when you pray that God's going to, every time we pray, something's going to move. The oh. enemy's going to be held back. Pam, you're reading my mail. <laughs> it's true. That's uh, believe. The, the reality of it is, God says it's it's His will that none should perish, and so you know we we just need to pray, take this, do the things that we can do, and allow God to do the things that He wants to do. I I, I agree with you, and bless you for going into the prisons. It's a very very needy place, and um, yeah. As I say, I'll find I'll find out the details and I'll send them through to Neil. And if you ring him, in, I'm sure he'll be able to give them to you. So bless you, Pam from South Australia. Thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join into our conversation, and just before we take another call, uh, the idea of being uh, a little bit tenacious, uh, not giving up. Uh, uh, when it comes to uh, areas, uh, levels of bureaucracy that might seem to be blocking the opportunity to bring a Christian ministry, a Christian worldview into these places, Graham. I guess uh, you, you're you great at knocking on doors, and I just love the way that you network so wonderfully uh, throughout so many different dimensions of uh, of life in Australia. But, but it, being a little bit tenacious, uh, being a little... Uh, uh, you know, that, having that capacity to just keep on knocking. Persistence is an important thing to actually see some breakthrough. Well, I, th- I think the, the, the reality of it is is that now that we, we're finding more and more um, acceptable research done by academics, people in high places, whether they're Christian or not, have to at least acknowledge, and that's why I keep knocking on doors, to acknowledge that, well, Whatever I'm talking about, there is some value, and, and, and I'm demonstrating demonstrating the value by giving them research or books or whatever it might be. So at least that starts to open them up and soften them up a bit, and then then it, that allows well, it allows me. 
obviously my area at the moment is in, in education and working with governments and what have you. But in any level, the I think that's a process that we need to um, yeah, to continue to pursue because the, the world, by and large, they go... They look at what what's happening in our world today, and, and most people, whether they're Christian or not, are going, "Hey, what's going on in our world? Things are not the way they should be." So people have got, I believe, in a, in a, at a point where they're prepared to at least look and consider other options. We're talking about those things that are shaping our kids. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Alex is in Melbourne. Hi, Alex. Welcome along to twenty twenty. Uh, thank you. Yeah, just a, a point regarding uh, the name religion. Um, it doesn't really speak about anything, and it can, can speak about everything. Uh, rather than religion, why not call it Christianity and pinpoint it as a teaching of Christ? And, and at, like has been mentioned, it's very important to live that way and to not only teach, but to show that way and uh, fulfil that uh, the new the new commandment Jesus gave to love uh, everyone as I have loved you not it's not like the Old Testament way like you uh, like you'll have them to love you but it's we're now looking at the uh, example of Jesus to love everyone the way that he loved everyone and you know just those thoughts I, I thought I'd add. good thoughts uh, Alex Ali, I think I think they're wonderful Alex I think and I think you've actually pinpointed something that in the past we've been a little bit um, hesitant hesitant to do and that is to make the point it is Christianity and and it's Christianity that makes the difference and there's I, I'm not sure if Alex if you've read the book the book that made your world by Vishal Mangalwadi which is an incredible book about explaining how through Christianity, basically Western civilization came into being and has been the Christianity has been the force behind Western civilization in the countries that have um, been quite successful and prosperous, but have got an a, a, a an attitude of um, actually caring and being concerned for each other. And it comes back to what you're saying, Christianity. The, the reason the reason I use other other words, to be honest with you, is that depending on who we're talking to, some people um, struggle with just the word Christianity. But ultimately, it's got to come back to that. And you're you're one hundred percent right. Thank you so much to Alex from Melbourne. You can be part of our conversation one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. And uh, Graham will take another call in just a moment. But uh, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me." And perhaps one of the most controversial comments made in the history of the whole world, because he says. Yes, I am the way. So Christianity is the way. And uh, oftentimes I'll use too uh, those words interchangeably when we talk religion or we're talking Christianity. And when I'm talking religion, unless I'm naming another one, it's uh, usually the fact that I'm talking about Christianity. Uh, we're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Norm in South Australia. Hi, Norm. Yes, hi there. Hi, Norm. Yeah. Look, back in 1994-95, I was uh, chairman of the Christian Motorcyclists Association of New South Wales. And we, everywhere we were going, we were asking people, what is Christianity? The best answers we got were uh, going to church, reading your Bible, praying, and stuff like that. And we came to the conclusion that that is not Christianity. That is a result of Christianity. Anyway, in, in October uh, 95. I had three heart attacks in an hour and a half and ended up with in hospital with a quadruple heart bypass. And as I'm reading my Bible there, God pointed me to John 17:3, where uh, Jesus is praying. And he says this, and this is eternal life, that they know you and that they know me. Not know about, but know you. In other words, have a personal relationship with you through me. And so I took that to the committee and we made that into a ministry, which uh, we made a leaflet and a video, which today is a DVD, which is freely available. Um, and we went into all, just about all the main towns and cities of New South Wales, into high schools, nursing homes, churches, and we used to run street bike shows with our motorcycles, sharing with people that real Christianity 
is knowing God personally through accepting Jesus Christ. And that seemed to make more sense to anybody than, than all the other stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's oh, real Christianity. Cool. Yep. Uh, you, you're right. It's really interesting. Um, over over the years, different different words tend to mean different things. And, and what you've just talked about makes a lot of sense. Because the, the word Christian, I think, has become... Um, a bit amb- ambiguous, to be honest with you, with a lot of people. And I know that in, in my, my discussions and in personal discussions with people, I, I tend to talk more about, as you're saying, more about the, the, the relationship with Jesus, the embracing the teachings of Jesus and embracing the things of Jesus, you know. Um, and I, I, I'm finding more and more that, um, yeah, the language I use, particularly with younger people, you, you have to be very, very you're conscious of where they're at, and so the, the, as I say, I'm, I'm I move more and more towards, I suppose, the, in my personal conversations and others, is that you know to become a follower of Jesus, um, and that em- that takes in all the things you've just said, you know, apart from you know accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, and letting Him be, in my terms to the kids, be the boss of your life. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Talking through issues, what is shaping our children? Uh, you've still got time to be part of the conversation. 1-800-316-316. Graham McDonald's from uh, the Did You Know website, founder of Did You Know, telling the stories of Australia's Christian heritage, but a long-time advocate for children, talking through some of the issues from an article just recently written by Graham, talking about the influences shaping young people in Australia. Uh, we are taking calls. Let's hear from Craig in Horsham in Victoria. Hi, Craig. Welcome along. Uh, thanks, Neil. Uh, thanks, Graham. Hello. Hi, Craig. Uh, I just believe our our leaders are um, not shaping our nations the right way. We need Christian leaders. Just three Bible verses that uh, Acts ten thirty five and Hosea five fifteen, and the last three verses of Judges. The leaders go their own way, but if they obeyed God and feared God, you know, as Acts 10.35 says, you know, and the, and the same-sex marriage, it teaches the wrong way, you know, they, if they can just repent. There's, a, there's an AFL club that are playing uh, one, one of the rounds, I think it's round 22 or something, uh, promoting the rainbow, the, yeah. you know, same-sex marriage thing, you know, gays, you know. I just think that's wrong, promoting things like that, you know, if the politicians have to lead the way, you know, be, you know, Robert Bernardi and, you know, Andrew Broad are good leaders, the Liberals, yeah. 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 You mentioned three verses, Craig. What were the other ones you mentioned? Three verses. Did you say three verses? Yeah, I've got Hosea, Acts 10, 3, Hosea, 10, Hosea 5, 15. Yeah. The last three verses of Judges in the book of Judges. The leaders yeah. just go their own way. They make their own decisions. Yeah. One of, one of the things, uh, uh, Craig, is that, you, you, by the way, you're 100% right. One, one of the issues, I've worked with um, some politicians within the federal and state governments. One of the big issues is that, sadly, if the leader of that particular... You, you know, you, you can have a Christian leader of any of the parties you like, any of the, the secular parties. The reality of it is they can be strong Christian, but if the party decides on something... The, the Christian leader either has to compromise or he, he leaves. And that's the sad part of our, our, our of where we've got a set up. But one of the things that I say and is that we have got Christian parties around Australia. These are the people I believe we, we as Christians need to be sorting, to, to be supporting. The reality is when you look at the big picture stuff, there's in excess of 10 million people, 10 million voters who would have signed the last census as Christian. If those 10 million people all voted for the Christian parties, we would have a different nation to what we have today. And, Craig, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thanks so much to Craig from Horsham in Victoria. We'll not be able to take any more calls. Uh, Just need to draw some loose ends together here, Graham. We've been talking about the things shaping our children. Uh, We talked, uh, there was some things you mentioned earlier, the increase in child abuse and neglect, uh, perhaps part of uh, the overall deterioration of the well-being of our children, Uh, psychological distresses, uh, children and self-harm. 
other areas of psychological distress, binge drinking, sexual promiscuity, these things that would appear to be getting out of hand and and authorities struggling to know what to deal with those. Uh, but this biblical Christianity, this biblical worldview, this connection with the divine has the capacity to help to alter a whole generation. Oh, it, it has an, an incredible effect. And as I say, more and more research shows that that that's... That the Christianity or the followers of becoming a follower of Jesus is the, is the answer. And, but on the other side, sadly, we have this ever-increasing number of um, children and young people who are um, e- ending up homeless with depression, suicide, um, and all those things you've just mentioned. And, and you know, that's, that's a part, sadly, that's a part of their search, their search for being. That's their, that's their search. And, and the thing is, they're searching in the wrong areas. And, and that's why what we teach our children is so critical. So we can explain to children, look, these, you're going to be confronted with all of those temptations to be involved in those things. But the reality of it is, here's a God who loves you, who cares for you. He has a plan for your life. And that plan is he wants you to have the most useful, purposeful life you could possibly have. And it starts with you believing and trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior or your boss of your life, however you want to determine. And that's, that's God's plan for your life. But you choose about it. You choose whether you're going to accept God's plan or you want to do your own thing. But the sad part is through our current education system, our children don't get, are not even offered those options. Well, Graham, thanks so much for bringing your heart to our conversation today and hearing your heartbeat. Uh, I'll point people to the Did You Know website. Uh, We've been talking about that. It's uh, lots and lots of great stories on there, stories of great Australians who've contributed to the nation that we are today, great Australians that held to a biblical Christian worldview. Uh, the Did You Know website, D-I-D-U-N-O dot info. So if you were Googling it, D-I-D-U-N-O, and you'll find Did You Know dot info and uh, be able to access those great resources. Graham McDonald's so good getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Uh, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Every blessing. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.